We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, y'all. It's Watt Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's Thursday. Late Thursday, actually. I recorded a podcast yesterday, but I was I had to delete because I was freaking drained and I was tripping over my words. Although, I still do it now. But... I was just exhausted. Been a long week, although training shouldn't be like this, but it has for me more ways than one, and I'll just leave it at that. But things are starting to shape up, and hopefully Friday will turn out to be all good, and I'll get to get home in one piece. So... Pitt uh, basketball had another, had another um, disastrous game. They were up at the half. I mean, they had a big lead in the first half, and then BC went on a run. And you can, like I said on Twitter, the game pretty much ended like the first. I mean, not the game, but the but the half kind of ended like the first round of Drago and Apollo Creed, whereas a Drago. He really wasn't doing much in that in that first round. For part of that first round, Craig was dancing around, throwing his punches, getting them all in on Drago. And then finally, towards the end of the round, Drago started countering, and Creed really couldn't fight back because those big, strong punches from Drago took nearly took him out and by you know the end of the um by the end of that ha- by the end of that round Creek can barely stand and then as the second round began we all knew what happened there was no competition as um basically Cree got killed and that's pretty much what happened to the pit hoops in that second half. Now, some positives. Pitt had four guys. Pitt almost had four guys in double figures. And he broke 60 points. So, that's kind of cool, right? Well, for them to get their asses kicked as badly as they did against the BC team, who really is not good. Well, obviously... It's probably the beginning of the end. Well, I'm going to say probably it is the beginning of the end of the Kevin Stallings era. And I said before that, you know, I thought he deserved to need another year with these these kids. But things have gotten worse. Game by game, they've gotten worse. 
and initially I said that Heather Light's going to probably have to cut ties with him, mainly because it would be just a popular thing to do at this point, because if she would stay by him and tell the fan base we need to stick by him, it's not going to end too well for her. Not at all. So, obviously, a lot needs to happen. You got to negotiate his buyout. Then, of course, comes other comes the next part: the hire. Pitt's hire, it's got to be a really good hire. The hire has to, they have to really make this hire count. They were supposed to make the hire count with this last hire. With Stalling, but somehow we got we ended up with Kevin Stallings, and you know there was a list of candidates I saw on Twitter that Chris Dokish, I guess, tweeted at the time. Really good list, but somehow we ended up with Kevin Stallings. I mean, when I was coming up with my own list of candidates, Stallings was not one of them. So you wonder if it's some sort of nepotism type thing with Barnes, where he was hooking up his buddy. And sure, I'm sure Kevin Stallings is a nice guy, and he really wants to be here. But there's a lot of people that, you know, they love their they, they love the work they do. Doesn't mean they're good at it, always. And sometimes they're just there's time there's times you gotta make changes. I mean, you can you can have a vision, love what you do, but if you're not good at it, and our people see that, then you know you're going to get booted. So, I just think in the time of of his career for Stallings. He's probably suited for another opportunity elsewhere. This just wasn't it. And he obviously, this season, we all knew this season was going to be a disaster, but there had to be some shred of of positivity. And right now, there isn't. Teams, are, they're losing worse, and it's like they're just giving up hope. So, probably with a new AD, it's best to probably pick it's a fresh start elsewhere. And Kevin Stallings gets a fresh start elsewhere. And one thing you can say about Pitt Athletics is that they became a basketball school the day that they joined the Big East. And they first solidified it by building the Pete and tearing down Pitt Stadium. Basketball, at that point, became a big priority for them as they shuffled Pitt football off to a stadium on the north side. Which is another, which is another story. Obviously, basketball was going to be the crown jewel of Penn Athletics. And with good reason, because they joined a basketball conference 
that just happen to play football. You know, when Pitt joined the Big East, they had some really good teams, especially in the 80s. 90s was was a forgettable time for both not only football, but for basketball. The turn of the millennium came, Pitt basketball took off, and with the Pete coming in, it really took off. I mean, Pip Hoops was its bread and butter. And somehow along the way, that got lost in the shuffle. And you could say it got lost when Pitt joined the ACC and Chancellor Nordenberg retiring, Peterson getting fired, and the new leadership wanting to make Pitt football the priority. Because if you look at it, that's when you saw a lot more facility improvements for pit football. And they were going to put more money into the program. And so that's what you're seeing now. And that's probably, you know, you could, you could say it could be a reason why, uh, you know, Jamie Dixon decided to get out of pit. Is that his last five years, they started missing tournaments. Recruiting fell. And basketball just wasn't a priority anymore for, for, for Pitt Athletics. They wanted to pour their money into football because of the ACC. And, and not, the, not so much money, but the attention and the time. It just seemed like the football program started to get more attention than the basketball did. And on top of that, you got new leadership... So, really, what was Jamie to do at that point? So, in the case of Pitt, they're playing the ACC now, and the recruiting's a different animal there. Planners are a different animal now, because, you know, one thing that Pitt basketball didn't have when they joined the ACC is they didn't have the luxury of playing those Catholic, those Catholic, Catholic school teams and Pitt had their uh, Pitt had you know pretty much some some guaranteed wins against all those Catholic schools because they weren't that good aside from like Villanova. So whether we like it or not, in recent times, Pitt basketball was always our identity. And we really need to get back to that. Football, on the other hand, is a different story. As I'll talk about that now. Penn State schedules Nevada. Further killing the uh, backyard, not the backyard brawl, the the Pitt-Penn State series. I can only tell you, you guys, and I think you know, a lot of you already know this, is that... Enjoy these next two Penn State games while they're here. Because we're probably not going to be playing this game for a long time. It is what it is. It's nothing new. Because we stopped playing the game in 2000. We stopped playing the game after 1992, 1993. Actually, 92 it was. We got the series back from 97 to 2000. And then we didn't play for another 15. 
about uh, 16 years. So they went that long without a Pitt-Penn State game. So, look, this is nothing new to us. When we weren't playing Penn State anymore, we generate our energy towards the backyard brawl because West Virginia genuinely hated us and the hate wasn't mutual enough. We didn't hate them as much, let alone take them seriously. It wasn't until West Virginia started winning Big East titles and winning BCS, BCS games. Once they started winning BCS games and getting the attention nationally, we actually started to, to care, let alone hate them, which is why we have 13-9. and nine. And it was all, and it was on the cusp of being one hell of a rivalry game. But then college expansion happened, and that was that. The rivalry got killed. So. Eventually, the brawl will be back, and I think really Pitt should just stop wasting its energy towards Penn State, trying to play them because they don't want the game. Play West Virginia. It was a pretty good rivalry game. And plus, they're a lot more fun than Penn State is. So, enjoy these next two games. Enjoy the nostalgia because it was awesome. And who knows, maybe one day cooler heads will prevail, but until that happens, well, it's going to be a while. What Pitt really needs to do more than anything else, if they really want to get under Penn State's skin and, and really beat them in more ways than one, is they have to compete for their, they have to start competing for their, cha- their conference title. And that's what happened with Penn State. Once they won that Big Ten title last year, and, they, and of course they were in a national pitcher for most of this year for the playoffs, they really, you know, they, I mean, they were, they obviously thought they were the shit. Probably still are, and they said, hey, we don't need this, we really don't need this rivalry game anymore. And that's what Pitt needs to do. Pitt needs to get back in the national pitcher, which, is, which I doubt will ever happen. But they have to start competing for their conference title. I mean, I mean, first you start by winning your division first, which Pitt has failed to do. They've pulled off a string of upsets. But, I mean, Pitt sent about six or seven guys to the combine, and they finished five and seven. So, I mean, that's just, dis- I mean, that's just one thing that's disheartening about <laughs> finishing five and seven. We sent six or seven guys to the combine, and we, we can't win six games. So, Pitt doesn't need to play Penn State to make Penn State paranoid. Pitt's done it before, which goes back to my uh, Pitt being shoveled off to the, to the North Shore. You know, the, the, the vision there was at the time was for Pitt to be, when they hired Walt Harris and he was building up the program, was for Pitt to be in the top 10, was to be in the top 10 of programs. And, of course, be playing in front of sold-out Heinz Field. And that dream was realized in 2003. 
And for, for those who attended that tenant pit football that year, it was amazing to go and see Kent's pit play Kent State, a MAC team, and have almost 60,000 in the stands. It was phenomenal. And one thing that really lured people more than anything else was that was Larry Fitzgerald. He was a candidate for the Heisman that year. Larry had a lot of national a lot a lot of national flavor by the end of his freshman year. And a lot of local. He was just amazing to watch. So when you lose him and you have to replace him with Tyler Palco, and Palco had a lot of lot, lot of local flavor, but not really national. He really wasn't I mean for us, we loved him because of his blue-collar toughness. But he didn't have that wow, that wow that would learn anything anybody from the national scene. And on top of that, Walt Harris leaves because pretty much it was the beginning. It was pretty much the end. Walt Harris leaves. Pitt brings in Dave Wanstatt to re-energize the program, and Dave did. He Dave talked a good game, and he brought in some. He started recruiting his ass off. Start bringing some really good players, but then we held all that build up for Notre Dame, and Pitt fell flat, and Pitt, had, Pitt finished five and six. And obviously, the stigma that Dave Wanstead was just the typical lame duck coach that he was took over. So any type of any type of progress we were trying to build on was gone. Eventually, Dave would build it back up. But then the Cincinnati game happened. The next season was disastrous. And that was it. Pitt was a Pitt have run the six and six season, but of you know, six and six seasons, but Tenants was just gone after that. Everything was just the whole vision that they had gone. Can they get it back? Who knows? But this year, you know, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna say a lot. So I mean it's a it's a critical year. They gotta do something. Speaking of Fitzgerald, Larry is coming back for his 15th season. I mean, the guy is just an ageless wonder. I would hate. I'm gonna hate if there's one time in my life I'm gonna be really upset at one player retiring. It's gonna be Larry Fitzgerald. The guy just he just goes on balls, no matter what. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he just freaking balls. And you know, Bruce Arians built a really good football team with Arizona, but I still don't get his logic of trying to do every do this with Carson Palmer as his quarterback. Carson wasn't that good, and he was very injury prone. You know, Carson in his prime. Or he was about to, you know, he was about to be in his prime until uh, Kimo von Olhoff rolled on his ankle. After that, Carson wasn't the same quarterback as he was. You saw glimpses here and there, but he just, you know, it just wasn't there. And so, uh, you know, you know, Arizona finished eight and eight this past year, and it was disastrous. So. That's the end of that. I mean, I'm glad that Larry's coming back, but Arizona really needs to get a quarterback. That's one thing they're missing right now is a QB. I mean, Arians laid the foundation down. Now they got to build upon it.
But uh, he had a Super Bowl moment, and of course, it, it came to an end real quick when Big Ben drove the Steelers down the field for the game-winning touchdown. And you'd, you'd hope Arizona would, would be back, but they never did make it back. Kurt Warner retired, and, and, and they never really replaced him with anybody. Well, they drafted Matt Linehart, but Linehart just, I mean, when you got when you got to take an old quarterback like Warner, and he was a Hall of Fame QB because now he, he is in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't say much about you know, Matt Linehart, which is why he's in the press, which is why he does, uh, he's, he does college football shows now. So, but I hope Larry keeps playing as long as he stays healthy. I'd like to see Darrell Revis continue to play as well if he can, if a team will sign him. But I'm not really, you know, too um, confident about that. And as far as play football goes, they did make a hire on the offensive line. Dave Borbelli's coming in. He, you know, he was. With Maryland, and supposedly they did, they did pretty well on the ground. He's one of Sean Watson's buddies, so I'm sure after what happened this past year, <laughs> the hire doesn't really draw that much buzz because you figured Narduzzi hiring some more of his buddies. He did, you know, he, and they talk about his stops on the way, but I mean, he played in Notre Dame, he, he coached Notre Dame, but it was during the Bob Davy era. Which uh, hmm, doesn't say much. You know, the Bob Davy area is probably one of the more, one of the more forgettable ones. So we'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, it's been a long week. Enjoy your Fridays. Hell to pit. Bye.